I feel a word from the Lord for today out of Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32, and God is going to confirm with his word what we just experienced in our worship. God is going to confirm with his word what we've just experienced here in our time of worship. Jeremiah chapter 32, I'm going to read two verses of scripture. The first verse is verse 17. This is Jeremiah speaking. He's praying. And he says, Lord, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth. And by your great power and your outstretched arm. And then he makes this declaration. There is nothing too hard for you. That sounds like the echo of the song we just sang. There is nothing too hard for you, Jeremiah says to the Lord. Ten verses later, he concludes his prayer. A ten-verse prayer. Sometimes you got to give God more than a one-verse prayer. Sometimes you got to give him more than a, that there's times you may be in your car and slam on the brakes and all you can shout is one word, Jesus, and it works. But there's other times in your life where you got to give him more than your leftover thoughts. You got to give him more than a half a verse prayer. Jeremiah gives him a 10 verse prayer. And at the 10th verse, God responds and he says this, verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. In other words, Jeremiah, you got it right. I am God. You're correct. I am the Lord. And then he asks the question, is there anything too hard for me? I want to preach to you for the next few minutes what I feel is God's word for several that are here today. I feel like it's God's word for everybody here today. And I'm preaching in the form of a statement and echoing Jeremiah's prayer and tying it with the Lord's declaration and question. And that is simply this. It's not too hard. It's not too hard. Whatever it is, uh, it's not too hard. You ought to clap your hands. Uh, you ought to give God one more shout of praise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now we're going to mix our faith with the Word of God. And if you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. If you need to be filled with the gift of God's Spirit, you can receive it today. If you need a miracle in your body or you need a miracle in your life, you can receive that miracle today. You know why? Because with God, it's not too hard. It's not too big of a situation. And he is in this place. Look at your neighbor say, it's not too hard. You can be seated in Jesus' name. At the writing of our text, Jeremiah the prophet is, he's in a difficult situation. Anybody ever been in a tough situation before? Anybody ever been in a situation that you really didn't know, you, you really did not know how it was going to work out? 
You didn't know what the end result was going to be. Jeremiah was in a tough spot. He lived in a time that was tough nationally, and he lived at a time that was tough personally. Jeremiah, in the current setting of our text, Jeremiah is sitting in prison. And that's always a tough day when you're sitting in prison. Jeremiah's sitting in jail, and the reason he's in jail, the, the city and the nation, God's people, it was calamity on every hand. The, the nation and the city had been destroyed and overrun. It was being destroyed and overrun. And this was no surprise to the man of God or the people of God because God said this was going to happen. Jeremiah is in a tough situation because his nation is in shambles. His, his people are in shambles. His home is, is in shambles. Everything around him is collapsing. The economy is collapsing and the government is collapsing. Everything around him is in complete disarray. And to make matters worse, God gives Jeremiah a word. God speaks to Jeremiah. And he tells him, this is sometime earlier, he tells him, this is what's going to happen. The nation is going to be brought down. The city is going to be brought down. And the enemy is going to come in. And, of course, it's a message in its own. But it was because of their disobedience to God's will and way. Anytime you try to do it your way, it's always going to bring captivity. Anytime you do it your way, it's always going to lead to destruction. There, there's a way, the Bible says, that seems right unto man. But in the end, it is a path of destruction. So you can be a law unto yourself if you want to. You can be a legend in your mind and life if you want to. But I promise you it's not going to end very well. So God gives Jeremiah a word and he tells Jeremiah, he says, I want you to go to the king and I want you to tell him what's about to happen. Now put yourself in Jeremiah's shoes. Jeremiah is about to go to the most powerful person he even knows of. And he's about to tell him, you're about to be destroyed. And not only that, the nation and the city is going to be brought down as well. And Jeremiah is caught between a rock and a hard place, proverbially. He's, he's caught in a tough spot because he has to either, on one hand, he obeys the word of God. But if he obeys the word of God, it's going to make him stand out from the crowd. If he obeys the word of God, it's going to make him the enemy of the crowd. If he obeys the word of God, it's going to make him the enemy of the king. If he obeys the word of God, it's going to make him the target of the king. So he could just ignore the word of God and acquiesce to the king's power. But if he does that, he's going to be in trouble with God. Jeremiah is in a tough spot. He's got to... He's got to reconcile this tension in his own spirit that perhaps would have been there if I go to the king, I'm going to be in trouble. He could kill me. He could throw me in jail. But if I don't go to the king, what's God going to do to me? Can I tell you, the word of God has never been popular in any current culture of human history. 
The Word of God has never been popular in any time and with any group of leaders and in any secular society. The Word of God has never been favored. The people of God have never been favored by secular society. You just need to settle it in yourself. This is not the point of my message, uh, but maybe this will help somebody here today. Maybe some young families or some young adults or maybe some young people ought to hear this word. uh, That you you got to quit trying to reconcile the word of God uh, with the cultural popularity uh, that that is innate in every one of us that we want. You got to reconcile the tension between the two because God's word will never be popular. God's word will never be the highlight reel of the day. But at the end of the day, you got to decide whether you're going to please God or you're going to please man. And there is only one of those paths that leads to life. There's only one of those paths that leads to true freedom. The other path leads to slavery. The other path leads uh, to, 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 to constant chaos in your life. Uh, the other path uh, leads to destruction. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to choose to please God and obey His Word above anything else in my world. Jeremiah does. He obeys the word of the Lord. He goes to the king and he tells the king what's about to happen. And as is expected, he gets persecuted. Now, now I hate hearing that word thrown around, persecution. <laughs> My, I was persecuted. I've been to places in the world where there's real persecution. <laughs> Some of you have been to places in the world where there's real persecution. Most of us sitting here do not know real persecution. There might be a few. But most of us here do not know real persecution. I mean, we live in a, we live in a culture where it, it, we have become soft. We, we are in an easily offended culture. We're, we're easily offended. We're easily jarred and, and rattled. And, uh, Jeremiah knew persecution. Jeremiah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to jail for it, went to prison for it. When's the last time you went to prison for obeying God's word? None of us, right? None of us. Uh, Jeremiah dealt with real persecution. Jeremiah dealt with some real tough stuff. He's sitting in jail. And while he's sitting in jail, this whole context of our, of our text, it plays out in the context of restoration. It plays out in the context of God saying, I will restore my people. Now there's some conditions on the restoration. Because God doesn't ever just give restoration contrary to what someone may tell you. It never comes at no cost. Restoration never comes for free. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants your decisions. He wants your future. He, 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 Pastor, I thought grace was free. Yeah, it doesn't cost you a dime. It costs you everything. It doesn't cost you your bank account. It costs you your heart, your mind, and your soul. 
God says, if you give yourself to me, I'll give you the greatest gift of grace you could ever imagine. I'll blow your mind with what I can do in your life. But it comes with you committing yourself completely to me. Jeremiah, he, he's, he's, he's sitting in prison. But our text is in the context of restoration. Now, this is another powerful point of this text. Jeremiah is sitting in prison. And, and he has enough faith. That God's about to restore the nation and the city. And I don't have time to really dig this out in this service uh, or in this message. But Jeremiah sends word to somebody from prison to go buy a piece of land. The economy is crashing. Everything is worthless. And Jer- while everybody else is selling, Jeremiah says, I'll buy. <laughs> because Jeremiah had faith. That it may be low, but it ain't going to stay low. It may be bad, but it's not going to stay bad. We may be down, but we're not staying down forever. God is going to bring restoration to his people. And so Jeremiah... He sends some word and he starts buying land. He sends word through Hanamel and he starts uh, buying this land. He buys this piece of property. Can I pause right here and tell somebody, you need to learn how to do something right where you're at. You need to learn how to respond in faith to the word of God right where you're at in your current situation. Jeremiah didn't wait till he got out of jail to act on his faith. He was still in jail, and he said, I have faith. Something's going to change, and so I'm going to act like it. You don't have to have your answer to clap your hands. You don't have to have your answer to lift up a voice of triumph. You don't have to have it solved to lift up your praise and to lift up your faith. You don't have to have it all done to worship. Can I just tell you, if you wait until you have what you need, you might never get what you really want. Can I say it again? If you wait until you have what you need, you might never get what you really want. Uh, You cannot sit in prison. You cannot sit in imprisoning circumstances, uh, sulking and pouting and fussing and cussing and complaining about everything wrong and how it's all broken and it's all messed up and it's not right and it's this and it's that. You got to learn to get some faith in your prison and And like Jeremiah, say, I believe God is able. And if God said it, he will do it. He's got faith in his prison. And so he starts buying property when everybody else is selling property. And then he, here he is, still in prison. After he buys the property, after he acts on his faith, after he takes that, that significant faith-filled action, then he says, I'm going to pray. He says at verse 16, verse 17, he says, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray to the Lord. And then we hear the record of his prayer. We see the record of his prayer. Now, Look at the attitude of his prayer. Jeremiah, now he wasn't perfect. He's called the weeping prophet, right? Jeremiah had some struggles. Jeremiah knew some lows. He he had some lows and he had some highs in his life. But at this point in his story in our text, Jeremiah had a positive attitude in prison, I, I believe. Because he takes action on his faith. And then he prays a prayer of faith. It's possible 
to have a positive attitude in negative circumstances. <laughs> if somebody would just latch onto that, it could really change the outlook of not just your next week, it could change the outlook of your life. It is possible to have a positive attitude in negative circumstances. Well, and some of you still don't believe that. You're going to go through the list of everything that they did and everything that's wrong and everything that's broken and everything that's messed up and, and it's wrong and it's wrong and all this stuff. It, it's possible to have a positive attitude in negative circumstances. You know what? If you're sitting on the throne of your life, if you're lording over your life, if you're the answer to your own problems, then I'd probably have a negative attitude too. Because I'm not a very good Lord. But if he's the Lord of your life, if he really is the master of your universe, then you ought to have a positive outlook. You ought to say, you know what? Thus saith the Lord. There's restoration coming. Jeremiah prays his prayer. And in his prayer, he declares his confidence in God. He opens up his prayer and he says, You, O Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your power and your outstretched arm. He says in verse 17, Lord, you have made everything. You've made the heavens and you've made the earth. And then he concludes verse 17 by saying, There is nothing too hard for you. Now this is a great study in the prayers of the Bible. You ought to, you ought to look at the prayers of Scripture. This is a great way to open prayer. It, it, it's, it, it's, Lord, you are the Lord of everything. You are God of this whole earth. You have made everything. You, you, Lord, Jesus even exemplified this prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, you're above. You're more holy. You're more righteous. You're beyond everything in this world. In Acts 4, when they prayed in response to the persecution, the New Testament disciples, they said, Lord, you have created the heavens and the earth, and you've created everything in then there's something to acknowledge in your prayer that he is still on the throne that he is still God he says Lord you're the Lord of everything you are the Lord of this entire earth in other words he's denoting that creation speaks of your lordship it speaks of your glory just look back at the God who created the heavens and the earth in the beginning there was nothing the Bible says but the word of God spoke into that nothingness and God began to create through his creative power so when you understand that it's easy to say Lord you are the Lord of all the earth you are the God of everything that's why the psalmist said in chapter 19 he said, even the heavens uh, declare your glory. Even the heavens declare uh, your righteousness and your goodness. Somebody ought to just uh, make a declaration in yourself today uh, that God, uh, I still believe you are Lord of all. And then he makes this declaration. He says, and there is nothing too hard for you. You are the Lord of all and there's nothing too hard for you. But watch what the Lord does in response to Jeremiah's prayer. Ten verses later, God responds to his prayer and he asks him a question. In fact, he turns Jeremiah's statement into a question. He takes what Jeremiah declared and he uses it to interrogate him. 
this evidence can and will be used against you in a court of God's law. He takes what he has said and uses it as evidence against him. We ought to be diligent about the prayers we pray and the statements of faith we make. Because God hears him say, is that there's nothing too hard for you. And then in verse 30, uh, in verse 27, excuse me, in verse 27, he says to him, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. In other words, you got that right. Yeah, you're right, bud. I am God. You're not. I am. You're not. I'm God. And then he turns it into a question. Is there anything too hard for me? You know what I believe? I believe this was more than just a general uh, rhetorical question to anyone who would read this passage. I believe this was a personal question to Jeremiah. This was an individualized question to him. I, I, I see the Lord looking at him saying, Jeremiah, is there, is there really anything too hard? Is there, Jeremiah? In other words, Jeremiah, do you really believe what you're saying? Jeremiah, you declared that I'm able to do this, but do you really believe I'm able to do this? Jeremiah, you said there's nothing too hard for God. But Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? Jeremiah, you, you stood with the worship team and you declared Jesus over fear and Jesus over anxiety and Jesus over my family. But God looks at Jeremiah and says, is there anything too hard for me? I know you've sang it. I know you've said it. But do you really believe what you said, that there is nothing that I cannot do? You know what I believe God was doing? I believe God was looking into the inner recesses of his mind and his heart and letting him know, Jeremiah, it's easy to lift your hands on Sunday and say, Jesus over my family and Jesus over everything. But Jeremiah, I know your thoughts. I know your heart. I know the struggle. I know the struggle that you battle in secret. Jeremiah, I know the real intentions of your heart and mind. And so, Jeremiah, I'm asking you, is there anything too hard for me? Uh, I know you say it with your words, uh, but do you mean it with your heart? Is there really uh, anything too hard for me? You see, the is there, the is there is different for everybody. Is there, is there a God who's really able to defeat what you're battling? I know we sing Jesus over everything, but, but is there, do you really believe? Put your name in Jeremiah's place. Jeremiah, is there really a God that can heal that? Is there really a God that can fix that relationship? Is there really a God that can heal your broken mind? Is there really a God that can heal your shattered dreams? Is there really a God that can... I know you sang it and I know you lifted your hands, but God is saying, Jeremiah, is there really a God? Do you really truly have faith uh, to believe uh, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, the God who created the universe, uh, do you really believe that I am able to move in your situation? You see, that's where it breaks down for some of us. That's where it falls apart because we believe he's able to do all of those things, but is he able to do this thing? 
I believe he's able to do it over there. I believe he's able to answer my prayer that I prayed for them. I, I believe in their testimony. I believe, hear me today. I believe what God can do for this one or that one. Uh, but where it breaks down is do you really believe, Jeremiah, that God can do it in your family? Do you really believe that God can do it in your life? Do, are you really convinced? Is there anything too hard for me? I'm preaching to somebody that you need to elevate your faith today. And you need to respond to God with an affirmative as Jeremiah did. Yes, Lord, there is nothing too hard for you. I declare that you're able to restore. I declare that you're able to heal. I declare that you're able to set free. I declare that you're able to liberate. I wish somebody lift up your voice right now all across this room. Somebody ought to lift up your voice and lift up your faith. Somebody ought to clap your hands and lift up a shout to God for just a moment and say, Lord, I declare you are able to do exceeding abundant beyond anything I can ask or think. I feel faith here right now. You know what's about to happen? There's about to be miracles happen in this place today. I said there is about to be some miracles happen in this place today. God is about to heal somebody in this place today. I hope you have faith that he can do it for you. God is about to change somebody's mind today. God is about to restore somebody's heart today. It's about to happen in this room right now in the next few minutes of this service. I speak faith in the face of every doubt. I speak faith in the face of every defeat. The same God that spoke to Jeremiah, Brother Anthony. The same God that spoke to Jeremiah is the same God that sent an angelic host to see Abraham and Sarah when they were old and they had tried to have babies for years and couldn't have one. And the angel said, you're about to give birth. And you know what the scripture says in Genesis? It says she laughed at the word of the Lord. She laughed and said, how can this be? Throw that verse in Genesis up there that I gave you. It, it, she laughed and said, how can can this be? There, there's no way. You, you, you're not going to do this. And, and yet the angel said, the angel responded and said, she says, I'm old. She says the reality of her situation. Next verse. I know I'm going out of order. Next verse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that first phrase? What, 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 what did the angel say? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? It seems like God established a pattern all the way in the first book of your Bible of asking his people, wait a second, do you really believe that there is nothing that I cannot do? Do you, are you really convinced that I'm able to do the miraculous? Are you really convinced that I'm able to have a barren womb bring forth child? Watch this. You ready for this? Fast forward to the New Testament. I think it's Matthew, the chapter that I gave you. Matthew chapter 1. The, the, the angel comes to Mary, the mother of Jesus. The angel comes to Mary in Matthew and says, you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a son. Now, Mary says 
in her words, wait a second, I've never even been with a man. Uh, quick lesson, Lord, uh, impossible. How can this be? I don't know any man. For you kids, that means she went to an all-girls school. She didn't know any boys. She had never met any. She said, I know not a man. And then watch what the Lord says. Next verse, verse 35. Next verse, the Lord says, and the angel said, the Holy Spirit. Whoa, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, uh, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Uh, therefore, the Holy One who is to be born shall be called the Son of God. And then goes, God goes on in verse 36 uh, and says, guess what? Elizabeth, your relative, uh, is about to have a baby too. Uh, and then the last verse, verse 37, the angel looks at Mary and says, for with God uh, nothing will be uh, impossible. There is nothing impossible with God. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is no barren womb that he cannot open. There is no doubt that he cannot restore. There is no anxiety that he cannot cast out. I'm telling you, God is able. With God, all things are possible. Oh, I wish somebody grab a hold of that faith right now and believe that it can happen for you. I wish somebody grab a hold of that faith. My, 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 my. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I feel that same Holy Spirit that the angel said is going to come on Mary. It's in this place right now, and it's about to produce a miracle in somebody's life. Hear me, I'm, I'm hurrying to a close. You know what the Bible says? The Bible lets us know about Abraham and Sarah that God says we're with God. Nothing is too hard. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And then when it comes to Mary, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Both of these scenarios were in the context of birthing, of babies being born. Something that would be birthed that was a promise of God. And God says, when it comes to something new being birthed in your life, there is nothing too hard for me. When it comes to a promise being brought to pass in your life, there is nothing impossible for me. When it comes uh, to me doing something in you that you only hoped and dreamed of, uh, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Uh, there is nothing. It's not too hard for Him. Uh, it is not too hard for Him. It is not too hard for Him. Both of those examples are in the context of birthing. The difference is one was the situation of difficulty and impossibility where they had tried there was effort made they had attempted and failed for years and the other one was the situation where they had never even tried because they didn't even know it was possible you follow me and with both extreme scenarios the answer from heaven is the same whether you are in a situation that you have tried to fix over and over and over and over and over again.
But you're still stuck. You're still bound. You're still sick. You're still broken. You're still confused. You're still depressed. There's still the same problem as when you first started praying. Maybe you identify with Abraham and Sarah that your tries and your efforts have been unsuccessful. But I'm telling you, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is nothing impossible with God. Or maybe, like Mary... You're in a situation where you don't even know that it's possible. It's beyond the realm. It's beyond your scope of comprehension. It's beyond your ability to understand. It's your, beyond your ability to even reason out. She says, this is not even possible. And I'm preaching to somebody right now that God wants to do a miracle in your life that hasn't even entered the realm of your possibilities. It hasn't even entered your mind. But now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundance beyond anything I can ask or think beyond anything I can ask or think beyond anything I can ask or think according to the power that works in us I've come to declare to somebody today that whether your miracle is something that you've tried to get for a long time and failed or your miracle is something that's never even entered your mind somebody ought to lift up a voice of faith today somebody ought to lift up a voice of faith and say Lord I declare there is nothing impossible for you I declare there is nothing impossible for you I'm preaching that God can give birth to a promise in the middle of your difficulty God can give birth to a fulfillment in the middle of your barrenness. God can give birth to a promise in the middle of a season that you've given up hope. God can still bring it to pass. God can still fill them. God can still bring them back. God can still restore. God can still heal. God can still deliver. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'm preaching it's not too hard. It's not too hard. Somebody ought to lift up your voice right now. Somebody ought to begin declaring your faith. Heaven word right where you stand you ought to begin declaring your faith in the face of every difficulty in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name my 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 I feel the Holy Ghost here right now my 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 you know what God says you know what God says Jeremiah I'm preaching to everybody with the difficulty, everybody that wants to give birth to a promise but cannot. Everybody who has a God-given dream that hasn't come to pass. Everybody in this room that hopes for something in your life to change or miraculously be different. I'm preaching to everybody in this room right now that says, God, I believe, I want to believe it can, but I am just not sure. After Jeremiah was questioned by God, God says to Jeremiah, listen up, in chapter 33, God says to Jeremiah, he says, Jeremiah, here's the key. If you will call on me, he says, call on me. He doesn't say stand there with your hands folded and hope. He doesn't say stand there with your hands folded and wait to see what song they're going to whip out for altar call. He doesn't say stand there... Or, are we there yet? He doesn't say stand there 
just wondering if somebody powerful is going to lay hands on you. No. God says, Jeremiah, you're in prison. The reality of your situation is completely different. It's contrasted to the hope of your promise. But you know what bridges the gap between the reality of your pain and the fulfillment of your promise? He says, call to me. Lift up your voice and call to me. And if you will call to me, here it is, I will show you things you don't even know. I will show you things you haven't even thought. I will show you things you haven't even thought of to ask. God says, I'll do some stuff in your life that you don't even know how to ask because it's beyond your comprehension. I'm preaching to somebody right now that his presence is in this place and there is miracles available for every single one who will lift up your voice and call upon his name. Would you do that in one mind and in one accord right now? Would you throw your head back and lift up your voice and begin to call upon the name that is above every name? I wish somebody like Jeremiah would forget about who's around you and would just lift up your voice and begin to say, Jesus, I call upon you. Jesus, I lift up my voice.